You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show, well, it's all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and we answer your questions about everything trucking. Trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, retirement accounts, financial planning, working with brokers, getting your own authority, you name it, we'll tackle it here on the air. And uh, i tell you what, we're just going to jump right into those phone calls tonight. We're going to start off in Pennsylvania. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Good afternoon. I have a 97 Volvo I'm bringing back from the dead. And instead of having a goal of getting into a glider in about a year and a half, I thought, why don't I look at putting a new hood and body on this truck instead? What do you think of that idea? Uh, it might not be a bad idea. It, for me, it would just come down to numbers. Uh, and, and I haven't priced this, but it, it's a thought, you know, and, and the other advantage, if you're going far enough, you know, to take off the body in the hood, you've got access to a lot of other stuff, cleaning up the frame and painting it if you want, replacing a lot of bushings and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it's an idea and it would just come down to the numbers. I want to do all the airlines and the wiring anyhow. So right. all that would be accessible at that point. So. Um, where would you, where would you look at picking one up? Uh, well, I've been I, looking on Craigslist for trucks and eBay for trucks and things like that, but I've never really seen the whole bodies, you know, across unless maybe I scavenge a couple of junkyards. Well, the, the, yeah, there's a couple ways you could do this. You, the problem with that is, though, if you start salvaging junkyards, I mean, you're going to have a hard time finding components that are any better than what you've already got because you're going to end sure. up with high mileage components. So I think the only real way to do this is actually to call Freightliner Parts and actually price it out new. Volvo. Uh, yeah, Volvo. I'm sorry. Yeah, but and, and price it out new and, and see what we come up with. I didn't know if that would be too expensive going well, that it, route for a 97. It, it might be, you know? but yeah, it might be. I don't know. That's why I said this would just come down to the numbers. But the again, the thing is, I don't know where you're going to find those components in good shape unless you just buy them new. Yeah. If you get them from a junkyard, you're, you're going to waste so much time and you're going to end up with the same kind of stuff you have now. But if we think about this, um, you know, I'm, I've I've said – that clearly I'll pay a hundred and thirty or hundred and forty thousand dollars for a glider without blinking. That doesn't bother me at all. I think there's a tremendous amount of value there. I've also said that I could take an old truck, a ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, and put fifty or sixty thousand into it, and and that wouldn't bother me. I think there would be value there. Well, what happens if yeah. it, it what what if it turns out that putting a new cab and hood 
on this truck would cost you, let's say between that and, and upgrades and engine and everything you wanted to do came to like 80,000. Well, really at this point, all that's left of the old truck is the frame and suspension. Everything else is brand new. I think I would be willing to spend $80,000 to have a truck like that. That's what I was thinking. You were talking to somebody the other day about, uh, you know, redoing the uh, upholstery and everything in their truck, and that's where I came up with the idea. Why don't I just go ahead and buy a new cab for it and call it a day instead of having a goal of getting a glider in a year and a half and getting into a truck I don't know what I'm getting into. Well, and, and here's the other... Following your plan. Yeah, here's the other thought, and... You know, this is actually one of those things that if I had time, I would put it on my project list. Uh, I, you know, my favorite truck is still those late 90s Volvos. And and if I could build a Volvo glider, I would build one in a heartbeat. But you can't. So maybe this is the next best option. We kind of build our own glider just by replacing that many parts. Yeah. What's, um, what years, since this is a free EGR, what years can I put on this spring? See, now I have... Can I put any? Can I put any year? I have no clue because this starts to get a little weird on licensing and titles and all kinds of things because the, the cab itself has the VIN number stamped all over it. So. Sure. When we put this cab on now, now we have a VIN number issue. I, I don't know. Maybe a dealer would be able to answer that question. Maybe we have somebody listening who could answer too. I, I don't really know how that works. Maybe, Fitz, maybe Fitzgerald's going to answer that for me. Uh, probably not. And, and the reason I no. say that is because they don't deal with that. They build gliders. They know how to do it with a glider, but I, I, I'll bet they've never put a new cab on an old frame. Yeah. I just thought that they build gliders that they would know what the rules would be. Well, we're, uh, what I would like to do is I'm going to be coming to the CMC. I thought I'll just drop this truck off it's for power, let them do the work if I can have cab shipped to them. Well, and you might even, you if know. you're going to let them, if you're going to have them do the work, I would have them help you with the 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 legalities and, and I would call them, see if, you know, if they can do this and if they can, they can probably figure out, you know, how this works as far as VIN number and titling and that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. I'll, I'll get a hold of them maybe uh, tomorrow as soon as I can. Yeah. And, and we'll throw it out there. Maybe somebody else knows. It seems to me like there could be, maybe we have to do a salvage title. That might be what we end up doing. Let's uh, let's go to Alabama. Everson, welcome to the program. Hey, Gavin. How's it going? Good. What can I help you with? Um, I'm right, relatively new to the business. I just got my authority about 10 months ago. Uh, also, um, uh, got my CDL a lot longer ago. Bought a truck in cash, bought a trailer in cash. I'm happy, and just recently I found your show, and I'm still learning a lot about it. Good. My question is about the uh, OPS system. Um, if, 
if the system has a problem, uh, if it stops working, will that affect the uh, the oil pressure in any no. way? Nope, not at all. In fact, the system has a shutoff valve right on it. So if something goes wrong, like you develop a leak or whatever, uh, you just turn the system off. And then the oil doesn't bypass anymore. The oil just flows through the full flow filters like it always does. Doesn't affect anything at all. Okay, great. Now, the uh, electrical part of that system, if also that stops working, will still going to filter some of, yep. some of the oil, just yeah. not the liquid of it? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's going to filter just as good as any other bypass system on the market because most bypass systems don't have the heating element. This is a a secondary feature on OPS that keeps the oil even cleaner. But if that were to stop working, the filter still works. Okay, great. And uh, my last question is about insurance. Um, uh, You were talking about the, uh, the price insurance. Uh, of uh, of the equipment of the truck. Um, this truck I bought for a very very low price, and I unfortunately I had no idea about the aerodynamics. And it's a classic; it's an 05, and it has an HR. Okay. I took care of the HR part of it. You know, I did a little bypass on it, right. uh, mechanical bypass. But the um, I also did an frame. It's a it's basically a new engine. Uh, will the insurance take in consideration the value? Because well, I spend about fifteen thousand dollars to rebuild the engine. Some insurance companies will. So you, you got to call around. Some insurance companies. We when we started rebuilding older trucks and putting a lot of money into them, like I just talked about with that last caller. You know, we had some projects where we were putting sixty and seventy thousand dollars into an, a late nineties truck, and on the you know the blue book value of that truck or the black book value of that truck is only about ten thousand dollars, and we had seventy thousand into it, and we had to go find an insurance company that would actually write a policy for seventy thousand dollars, and we had to pay that much in premium, but they would actually cover it for that much. I see. Uh, one more question related. Um, I had a friend that um, apparently he changed where his terminal was, where he parked his truck. And uh, the insurance went down about $1,200. Uh, do you know anything about that? Uh, yeah, I do. Hold that thought. We'll be. Uh, I'll come back right after this break and we'll talk a little bit about that. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. I'm going to get right back to... Where was I? Okay, I, I was in Alabama. Everson, you still with me? I'm here, yes. Okay. Uh, where were we? Um, about the insurance. Oh, uh, yes, that's someone right. changed his terminal where he parked his truck. And his insurance, apparently, according to him, went down by about $1,200. Uh, it's about same state, just different zip code, different location. And do you know anything about that? Yeah, I, I do. I don't know if it's going to be of any help, but but insurance is priced based on geography many, many times, almost all insurance, whether it's health insurance, okay. car insurance, truck insurance, and the insurance company uses all of their numbers. They know that it's much more likely for a, a truck to be stolen in downtown Chicago than it is you know, in uh, Silverthorne, Colorado, you know, out in the country. So it, that that's just how they price things. There's more there. If it's if that truck is uh, garaged in the, you know, some zip codes, it's more likely to be in an accident, more likely to be stolen. So they raise the rates. Now, if you if you're I guess what you're thinking is, can I find the best place and tell them this is where I park it? Right. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how that works. I mean, I don't know. I I guess it's possible. I don't know how you find out. I I would assume that you know rural areas are cheaper than uh, urban areas, but I I don't know. I do know though that's why they price things that way in insurance. Let's uh, let's go to California. Rich, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Fair tax now. Absolutely. What can I help you with today? I have a question. I got an oil sample back, and I was flagged for potassium. I've got zero coolant loss. I didn't have to add coolant into the truck the entire time between oil changes, so I'm a little confused. Uh, just potassium? What about sodium? Um, they didn't flag it. I can tell you sodium was at a 22, and potassium was at 67. Okay. So... What I think is happening, and we see this a lot in the winter time. Are, are, have you been driving somewhere where they're treating the roads for ice? I was not. It no. took three weeks to get this oil sample back, so I'm never using that lab again. Got it. Okay. Uh, this wasn't a Polaris sample? No. Okay. Um, I think the name of the company it says on here is Mobile Delvac AccuTrack. It's through TA and Petro where I had the. Yeah. Had it done? Yeah, I've, I've seen which I'm samples. starting to wonder if they're not a whole lot better than the bench tops at Speedco. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I've looked at them. I haven't used them a lot just because we're so happy with Polaris. Every now and then we see potassium by itself. In in order for it to be a coolant leak, we would see both potassium and sodium. And when we see potassium Correct. by itself it normally ends up being one of a couple things. There are, has anybody been in the top end of the engine lately? No, sir. Okay. So sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's due to a repair and they use some sort of a sealant or a lube or something that has potassium in it. 
Other times it's an environmental contaminant. I've, I had people picking up at chemical plants. There must have been a lot of potassium in the air and they were there every day. So we would get high potassium in theirs. And then we've had some people who we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. But I thought maybe, you know, there are states, I think they use potassium chloride, I think might be one of the chemicals used for ice. And I think we actually right. pick up potassium in that case. And sometimes okay. we can't figure out where it's coming from. But if there's no sodium and you're not losing coolant, then it's not a coolant leak. Okay. Um, another quick question about it, and I also have a comment about customer service. <laughs> I had, within two weeks of a p.m., my filters were completely clogged. They said I got algae. I had the filters changed. I put algicide in the tanks. That could not have anything to do with it, could it? Uh, no. No, that shouldn't affect okay. anything at all. Okay, and I'd just like to make a comment about fleet air filters. Well, wow, you know what? what let, a wonderful company. Let me t Before you start, let me take that back. So I guess it's possible, I, and I'm going to look into that. It's possible that a fuel additive could potentially affect the oil. That's not out of the question. There could be an additive when we're burning it. You get a little bit. You always get a little bit of fuel down in the combustion chamber. There's always a mix there. It's possible that a chemical that was in a fuel additive could show up in an oil sample. I, I'm going to do a little research on that. Okay. Okay, great. But, um, yeah, I, I just can't say enough about Fleet Air. I ordered one of their filters. And having some fitment issues with it on the Pro Star, it doesn't quite want to stay in there. I spoke with them; they had me try a couple things. It's not working. They're sending me out a brand new one to see if it makes a difference. It's, Excellent. I just can't stand up. Yeah, they they really are, and I appreciate the feedback. We love hearing about you know our partner companies or ISPs, good or bad. We'd love to hear more good. Obviously, I don't I don't like to hear the bad, but I want to hear it when it happens. Uh, but we do get a lot of uh, praise and compliments. I, I can't say enough about the companies we partner with. They they are really top-notch. Uh, in fact, it inspires me to work even harder and do even better so that uh, we can at least match them or exceed them. Let's go to Texas. Brian, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. What can I help you with today? I'm um, calling for some advice. I bought a, a glider. Um, I ordered it. It took about three months for it to come in. I had gotten in an accident, so I was using a rental, um, and it was cost me some good money. Okay. So I, I flew out to go pick it up, and um, I had ordered side bearings on it. Um, the, uh, I guess the ground effects that cover up the, uh, the tank, and it would go all the way back to the, to the sleeper. Yeah, okay. And when I got there, they, they weren't on there. So uh, they told me that, you know, I could order another one. But, you know, like I said, uh, yeah. I one and it just wasn't cost effective. And right. they said, take it, see what it's like, see how you like the truck, you know, um, and we'll figure out something. I told them that I'd plan on maybe buying some in the future. And, you know, we'll do something then or, or let's just figure it out later. Okay. Go ahead and take it. All right. So I, I took it. And um, I don't know if I mentioned, I, on the quote, it was $1,600. That's what I financed just for the parents. Okay. When, when I got to El Paso, I told them, you know what, no, I think I do want the fairings. I, I want to just go ahead and go in that direction. So they asked me to get a quote from my local Freightliner. It was $8,000. Oh, my God. $8,000? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was I was shocked. Wow. And uh, they they seemed to know. When I was talking to the sales manager, he he told me we way underquoted this. And I don't know if that's the reason they didn't put them on there or not. Um, they they said it was an oversight, and and I'm taking their word for it that it was just an oversight that they didn't put them on. But they knew it was going to be an issue, so they sent it up to the um, the, the higher ups. And they just came back to me recently, and they told me that they weren't going to be able to um, put the fairings on there at that cost. So they they made me two offers. Well, they made me one offer, um, and then I said, "Would I get my sixteen hundred back?" They said, "Yes, they would give the sixteen hundred back." Um, the other thing was is that they would order me another truck, but I would have to trade this one in. Then we'd have yeah. to do oh boy, whatever. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, big headache. Yeah. So, um. So I told him, give me a few days, um, and I'd give him a call back and, you know, tell him what I thought of the situation. So that's why I'm calling you. Okay. Is the $1,600 just getting back, getting that back? Is that fine? It, it, before, I also ordered another one. I ordered a uh, Coronado this time. And okay. I'm going to pick that up, I believe, the middle of December. Okay. But that's separate from this, asking, right? I was, I was thinking about asking them for a plane ticket up there. Okay. Yeah, and I would. I mean, it never hurts to ask. That's, you know, negotiations, always ask. Uh, And this Coronado is just separate. It has nothing to do with this. You just want another truck, right? Correct. Okay. So, um, you know, this is a tough call. Uh, The original build sheet had the, the fairings on there, and you paid for them, right? Correct. But... We found out later somebody screwed up. You can't add fairings for just $1,600. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And even if we, if, if they would have, if it would have been, if the order would have been placed right, those fairings would have been an $8,000 option? I don't think it would have cost them quite that much because it would have came from the factory like that since it was it's yeah. done after the fact. Do we, it's costing them a little bit more. Okay, do we know what that number is? If, if they would have ordered, okay. And the reason that I would go with that is, is here's the thing. Yes, they made a mistake. Um, I expect companies to make up their mistake. Well, the music's played, and I want to make sure I explain this right. So I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to come back to you, and we'll try to figure out the best thing to do in this case. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. If you need help from us here at Let's Truck, the team is ready. You can reach them at 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. 
I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the calls. I was talking with Brian in Texas. Brian, you still with me? I'm here. All right. So I'm going to pick a number. Um, they they put the order in at sixteen hundred. That wasn't correct. If we have to do it now, it's eight thousand. We're not going to do that. That's insane. Let's say, just since we don't know the number, let's say that had they placed the order properly, fairings would have cost forty five hundred dollars. Um, the way I see it, what they owe you is the ability to buy those fairings for forty five hundred dollars. That's the way I see it. And and I think that they should even have to eat it up to that point. Because had they placed the order right, you could have gotten what you wanted for 4500 not 8000 So that's what – now, the first thing we have to do is figure out what that number is and then figure out if you're willing to pay that number. And if you are, then I would go back to them and I would negotiate for that number. And if you're not, then you, we could just say, well, you were never going to get the fairings anyway, and then you get your $1,600 back and everybody's happy. Okay, so if I do that, if I say 4500 that means that I would come up with the... Um, the difference between the, the 1600 and the forty five, right. And I think that would be yeah. fair because that is their mistake. Their mistake caused you to have a truck without fairings. But they could you could have never gotten them for sixteen hundred. That wasn't an option. But whatever you could have gotten them for, had they done things right, that's what I would negotiate for. I have the um, one hundred and fifty gallon tanks on them, so they go. It goes back pretty far. Okay. Um, what kind of fuel mileage am I losing by not having those on there? You know, they, they, I read a test, and this was several years ago. The uh, the the numbers showed two to three percent. So that, that's a couple tenths, and, and that's why a lot of fleets stopped putting them on because it, it took almost two years to make up the initial cost of having them, and then drivers were tearing them up all the time, and repairing them or replacing them was outrageously expensive, and fleets were saying, look, we're just not seeing the benefit. It, it's costing us too much. Drivers are tearing them up. We're, we're just going to skip them. All right, well, I appreciate your advice. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, that that's a tough one, but that's the way I, I would go back and negotiate it is, is they need to, to make you whole. They need to get you back to where you could have been had they not made the mistake. Let's uh, let's go to Arizona. Jeremiah, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, you told me to call you back in about a month um, about my fuel mileage and um, I did a little digging around and I finally found out what my actual ratio was. Okay. The trucks that I did have. And I'm trying to figure out what RPM I need to drive this thing at now to get the most fuel mileage out of it when it's going all over the country. Got it. So what is the, first of all, what, what, uh, this is a 2015 Cascadia, right? 2015 Cascadia Evolution, that new asymmetrical turbo thing. Okay, and DD15, right? turbo they put on them. Yep, DD15. Okay. So what is the gear ratio? Uh, it's 3.06. Okay. Do you have a single overdrive transmission? 
Uh, that's a really good question because all I know is it's the 10 speed, the Eaton Fuller 10 speed. Wow. So now we actually, you're going to have to get another number. I need to know what the final ratio on that transmission is. That's such a weird gear ratio. It's almost always matched with a single overdrive. Uh, well, let, let's uh, let's work the other way. So at 60 miles an hour, where's your tack? Uh, at 62 miles an hour, I'm at 1,200 RPM. 62 at 1,200. And what tire size? Uh, it's running the uh, Michelin Energy uh, Super Single. I'm trying to remember the exact okay. one. Okay. Well, they're four. Uh, are they 445s or 455s? 445. They are 445s. Okay. So we can work with that then. And you said this was a 308. 306. 306. Okay. Well, that's an odd. It's an odd. Uh, so 306. Let's try this. 0.85. That's what the sheet says that came with the truck. Got it. No, I, I, I believe it. They've just been creating some new axle ratios for a long time. We didn't see any, you know, we, we knew what all the numbers were. 306. I've never seen before. Uh, so 1200 at 62. Uh, that's not right. Let's try this. I'm trying to calculate what your final transmission ratio is. Uh, it looks like this is actually a double overdrive. It's a 0.74, and they put 306s with it. Wow. Uh, boy, I don't like this setup at all. <laughs> it's horrible. You and me both, because my international pro star that had the Cummins and the 9-speed in it, um, at 58 miles an hour, I was getting over nine miles per gallon with a 2011 Pro Star, and this thing, I have yet to see that. Well, yeah, you're at, you're actually your 30 day is not exciting at all. Your 30 day is only 6.8. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? This is a lousy setup. I mean, this really, you know. Wow, I don't even know what to tell you. Um, Hit the lottery and get a new truck? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we have two choices. We can change the gear ratio to something a little more reasonable, which on this 10-speed, I, I would be, you know, probably 336s. I'm not wild about that. 355s maybe. Uh, or we could change the transmission to a 13 speed. So then we could run in, you know, direct there, there just aren't any good answers. It's just a lousy setup. Well, my problem right now is this is a lease truck. Well, that's always a so problem. That's kind of where I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, Oh, and, and Matt just sent me a message. I want to clarify something. I said this is a double overdrive. Technically, that's incorrect. It's only got one overdrive gear. It's just a very deep overdrive. It's a 0.74, which is 
which is the same as a 13-speed, which would be a double overdrive. This really is only a single, technically, because it's just got one overdrive gear, but it's a very deep overdrive. That's what, what's causing the problem. Uh, honestly, if this were a lease purchase truck, I would walk away from it. This thing isn't even worth messing with because you, at 6.8 on an evolution, we could have other problems too because the evolution should be doing much better than this. Part of it is the gear ratio is all wrong, but I, my guess is there's probably other problems with this truck, and that's why the fuel mileage is so poor. Um, just to clarify, I screwed up the ratio is 3.07, which isn't much different. But No, oh, yeah. Clo- I mean, it's not going to change any of the numbers. I, You know, here we are again. It's a lease purchase. You're, you, you're not going to have enough control. There's too much risk. This This truck's a mess. Um, gearing wise, I don't know who set it up this way. Um, I, I, I would just walk away. I mean, I don't have any other good answers for you. And, uh, speaking of that, I'm looking at the clock and I've got to walk away from the mic just for a short break though. And we will be back. I do want to remind you of a couple things. One, we are running our year end accounting special. And we will do whatever we have to do to get you caught up for the year. We will either do it all for you, and obviously we're going to charge you if we have to do it all for you, or we'll do a little for you and then show you how to do it. So we have lots of options. We will make sure that you get caught up and that you understand your accounting one way or another. All you have to do is call us. We'll give you all your options, tell you exactly how you can do it. But don't put it off. Get your accounting caught up right now. Give us a call. It's 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. I also want to let you know about our recording schedule. We record every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And there's a number to call. I'm going to give you the number, so grab something to write with. You can also find all of this information right on the homepage of our website, too, and that's letstruck.com. The number, though, is 347-884-8327. That's to join us on the recordings. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern. Dial that number, and you're in and listening. 347-884-8327. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. We are off to Houston. Eric, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, Kevin. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing good. What can I help you with? Uh, I want you to go over my profit gauges. Uh, I had HGBS at the beginning of the year. I started working with them and got on the profit gauges, and I wanted to see 
from your perspective, how I did for the year. I know I had a lot of maintenance at the beginning of the year. Good. I Good. Um, All right. Now. So as I'm looking over these numbers, how do you like doing your own? I, I love it. Uh, I know what I'm putting in, and I get my numbers right then and now. I don't have to wait for a whole. I don't it, have to wait three to four months, to, I mean, three to four weeks to get my numbers. It, it makes so much more sense when you do it yourself, doesn't it? The numbers all mean something. Uh huh. Good. All right. So. We start up at the top. We can see that all miles, you're doing a dollar forty-five a mile. Uh, lease to a carrier, right? Yeah, I'm with Conway Truckload. Okay. And our fixed costs are about 31 cents a mile. That's a little expensive, but not too bad. That's mostly your truck lease and insurance cost. Uh, fuel cost is at right at 50 cents a mile. That's a good number. Your maintenance cost is $0.25 cents a mile. What year is this truck? 2010 Peterbilt 387. 2010. Boy, I, I just, you know, every time I look at one of these reports, these new trucks are just expensive to maintain. Now, have there been some really big things that, you know, will kind of even out over time? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think in March when I first got today, got into the truck, I had a DPO filter change. I had a whole exhaust system done. Cost me about six thousand dollars, and I had I took all my recaps off. I got the missing tires, energy missing tires all around. Okay, so that was kind of expensive in the beginning of the year. Okay, so so that will come down. My guess is you'll end up in that. 14 cents a mile range, which is about what the 2010 seemed to be costing, which means we'll pick up another 11 cents on the bottom line. Uh, right now, the bottom line is at 34 cents a mile. Um, you know, not anything to get wildly excited about, but it, it's a good start. And once our maintenance costs come under control, you'll be more like 45 cents a mile. Uh, so that that's starting to look better. Where I would focus, um, obviously maintenance, do whatever we can to keep those costs down. Uh, you could work. Yeah, I, got a, couple, I, I got, got a couple of upgrades. I have a list of upgrades I want to do. I want to ask you about two upgrades that I'm going to do. I want to get your uh, perspective on it if it's worth doing or not. Okay. Let's, uh, and then we could work on fuel. I mean, there's still a little room there. Um, are you on a mileage contract or a percentage contract? Uh, okay, so nothing re we're really we can do on the top end. That dollar forty-five is just going to stay there unless fuel changes. Uh, so, what you do want to work on is fuel and maintenance cost. Okay, all right. On my two upgrades, I'm doing. Uh, I'm gonna get the uh, muffler from Pittsburgh Power, the performance muffler, and uh, the power box. Uh, wait a minute. You, what do you think about? You said this was a 2010, right? Yes. Yeah, can't put a muffler on it because of the DPF. Okay. And I uh, don't believe that you said a power box? Yes. Going to have to check with them. I don't believe that they have a power box finished for this truck yet. They might. Uh, you're going to have to talk to them. I, I, I need to call Bruce. I am horribly behind on a phone call to Bruce. Uh, it's just been crazy around here, but uh, check with them. Those are I, both great upgrades. The problem is you just can't do them on that truck. 
Let's go to West Virginia. Dan, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Kevin. I have uh, the X1 line energy uh, single, um, super singles, and also the uh, XZA3 steers. And I want to rotate them, but they're all all the tires are directional. Okay. Well, yes and no. Uh, um, Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they they are considered directional tires, but that's only important for about the first 30,000 miles. And it has to do with, okay. with, with break-in patterns and, and other things. But once you get past that first 30,000 miles or so, you can turn those tires any way you want them. All right. On the steers, I've got 111,000 miles on them, and they're wearing like iron. Uh, well, here's another thing. Are, are they both pretty even as far as how much tread depth is left? Oh, yeah. Then I wouldn't touch the steers. Yeah, they're perfect. I, I, I would leave them alone. Okay. In fact, if the drive tires are pretty close, you know, only a, a 30 second or two off and there's no unreasonable wear on those, I wouldn't rotate those either. Well, they're... On the drive tires, there's a little uh, toe the heel wear. Okay, okay. Um, then, torque. then go ahead uh, and I, I, do. I'm not hard on it. Yeah, go ahead and do a, a, an X pattern uh, rotation on those, and that should even out the okay. wear on those. All right, I'll do that. I appreciate it, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, the only real reason to rotate tires is to keep the wear even between the tires. So if your steer tires are wearing that even, I wouldn't mess with them. And and the same with drives. But if you've got some heel to toe, then doing that X pattern rotation will clear that up. Let's head off to Idaho. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Um, I have a question about my truck, and I also have an answer on the on the VIN issue uh, that gentleman had with part piecing a truck together. Okay. Um, the first off, he's gonna, he'll need a paper trail on on the on the vins on the parts that have different vins. If it were me, I would go to DMV or or the state police or whoever manages um, vin uh, inspections in that state, and I would speak with a supervisor and get somebody's name who I could deal with explicitly through the process. Ultimately, they will probably assign a vin to it. But, uh, you know, different states have different rules, so all bets are off on that one. Your, your, um, advice, is, that. your advice is excellent, I, I, and I wish I would have thought of that because that is really good advice. Go to them first, make a contact, build the relationship, get a list of exactly how it's going to work. That, that is excellent advice. Correct. That's, that's the way I would do it. Yeah. Um, now, my, my question on my truck, I've got a 2012 Kenworth, and believe it or not, I don't have any emissions issues, but I've got other issues, and that and the dealer keeps shining me on. Uh, one of them is like Axle Flex, um, and they're afraid they're not going to get paid, uh, so they're just shining me on, and I'm thinking, well, do I have an attorney send them a, a nasty gram and, and go that direction to establish that these issues are outstanding but they're under warranty and if we get out of the warranty period you're still going to hold you accountable or you 
know, what what would you suggest? And do you have a source I could use to write that nasty gram? I don't have a source because it's going to be state specific. You're going to have to have an attorney in the state where the truck was purchased. Uh, okay. How how hard have you tried to get this resolved? Have have you gone to like a, a regional contact for the OEM? Um, I haven't. Uh, the dealer was supposed to. Pat Bay Kenworth is, uh, you know, they're all over Oregon, but they've been virtually useless in the process. Um, when it starts to get a little sticky, they just shine you on. They forget about it. They don't yeah. follow up. Um, yeah. it, it's been really bad. Yeah, if you can, I I think before I tried an attorney, I would get to the the OEM rep who is over all the dealers. And that's exactly why they have these people in the system is so that if they have a dealer who isn't doing what they should be doing, the OEM wants to know that. I mean, the OEM, Uh you know, the manufacturer, for the most part, wants you to be happy. Um, the dealer is saying, look, you know, we hate warranty work, which they do. And they're just kind of blowing you off, but they shouldn't do that. At the very least, if you're unhappy with their answer, they should escalate it up the chain for you. And they're not. So if well, you, yeah, they were supposed to. Yeah. So you, it, it's not that hard to find that next level, you know, call the OEM, find out what their process is. Somebody is over the dealers in your region and you can take it to them. And and I would attempt that first, but I wouldn't waste too much time with it. If you start to attempt that route and it doesn't work yet, I'd be on the phone with an attorney pretty quick. Well, December 7th is the drop dead date on the warranty. So Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd get on this uh, really quick then. Because it, 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 and you okay. do want to put them on notice that even after the time period is over, too bad because you've been trying to get this stuff fixed for a while. The music's playing. That means I am all out of time. I've got to get out of here. I will uh, see you back here next time. I really do appreciate you choosing to spend a couple hours of your time with me today. We'll see you back here next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to the Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.